0: Hello Winterwebs and
1: welcome to Close Up. I'm your co-host Joe. And I'm Arnuv. Of... I'm Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> and Bullet Train and Prey both recently released and we have opinions we like to share. This episode will be split down the middle, starting with Prey. Full spoilers ahead for Prey. Not so much for Bullet Train because Ryan didn't see that, but uh, let's see if I can convince him to see it as best I can. So you're kind of getting a Joe Explains as a bonus here. So, zoom into our medium shot now. What was your hype level like going into Prey? Uh, none. Because I never watched any of
0: the Predator movies growing up. I knew about them. I knew about Alien vs. Predator. This will be shocking. to Some people still haven't seen a single Alien movie, which is blasphemous to say. And it's not that I don't want to watch them. There's just like, you know how like you say you've seen one movie, and then there's like five others you haven't watched and people freak out about? With me, yep. it's, like, these movies,
1: the Ghostbusters, yeah, it's and Ghostbusters either. Like, like, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I hate when people do... Th- I, did, I did a whole sketch last month about... Called Toxic mm-hmm. Fans, Be Like, and that was one of the things. You haven't seen... Blank, and I just did that. I'm
0: sorry. Yeah. It, it's, it's that, and then it's some other franchise. My phone's... Why is my phone blowing up? You're supposed to be on silent. Shush. Mm-hmm. But then I watched this, because I heard good things about it, and... I really enjoyed it, and after watching this, I went and saw, went and watched the original Predator, and I have thoughts
1: on the original Predator, but other than that, I, I really enjoyed it. I only heard about Prey recently, just before it released. I never saw a trailer for it, even. Uh, I didn't even know it was part of the Predator franchise, and that's another franchise which, for the record, I've never seen a film from before now, so I had no expectations whatsoever for Prey. And while you admitted to not seeing things like Ghostbusters, I'll admit, the one I always get flack for is Die Hard. Never seen a single Die Hard. I've seen the first one,
0: and that's it. And it is a Christmas movie. For everybody wondering.
1: Alright, that'll be a debate episode, but no, I agree with you. (laughs) Alright. It's happening during Christmas. And that brings us to our close-up. So, what are your thoughts on Prey? You're the one who got me to watch this thing in the first place, so.
0: I really liked it it's it's just what basically what it is is someone taking an older ip and kind of not remaking it but reimagining reimagining the world that it's in like this is set i think 300 ish
1: 1750 yeah yeah three
0: 200 whatever how many years before the first predator I think this is supposed to be like when the predators first come to Earth. Potentially, I potentially. Who knows? I don't know the lore. Who cares? They can
1: make a prequel to the prequel. Who knows?
0: Yeah, and it's set with this. I want to pronounce this correctly. The Comanche tribe. I believe, I believe that's what no, it's what pronounced. It is. Yes, Comanche. And there's this one, one lady in it, who I need to get the name right. Naruto? Naru. Thank you, Naru. Who is this uh female hunter in the uh female hunter in the the tribe? But of course it's 17, what'd you say 1716, 15, I believe. 1715 and women don't hunt back in the day. I've seen I've haven't seen a lot. I've seen a few people complain about, "Oh, can we stop doing this trope where it's the woman trying to be a hunter but she can't because society says she's not allowed to. It's like, well, this was what society was back in the day, so deal with it. And you... uh, Slowly throughout the film, you see her develop her skills. You actually see her even, like, be more innovative than some of the men in her tribe, with, like, tying her tomahawk to a rope and having her, um... be able to call it back in a way, kind of like Scorpion. She doesn't say get over here, but, like, kind of like that. Yeah. And... Her skills slow. She has some skill at the beginning, which is good to see. She's not completely like level no. zero, and it was cool to see her skill set evolve over time. And what's was what an interesting fact is that this film on Disney Plus not only has like the original audio which I listened to, but also has like a Comanche dub over it.
1: I so, believe I I believe I read. I think it was just before the film or in the description that it said this was the first ever film dubbed in Comanche. Yeah. Which is pretty that's cool. pretty cool. Yeah. I didn't listen to that version of it, mm-hmm. but hey, it's there and that's awesome. And I have a small
0: nitpick when it comes to not use of subtitles, but it's just a personal thing but we
1: can talk about that later. Uh yeah, I had I had to listen to this movie with subtitles because there was a lot you know, there was the guy speaking in French for example, you don't they don't subtitle that at all in English. That's what a, I meant. yeah. Even the subtitles in the movie are subtitled in French for those parts.: Yeah. And when they're speaking, yeah when they're speaking that's one of my nitpicks when Yeah.
0: That's one of my nitpicks when some some of studios do is when they do a different language and they, they do it on purpose. For this one specifically, uh, I read an article where the reason why you don't get subtitles with the French. When they're speaking, especially when they're in subtitles, because they wanted the audience to be just as confused as the main character.
1: I was just about to say that's what I thought they were doing because I thought, well, she doesn't understand French. There's that one translator guy whose name I don't remember at the moment. French. She's kind of the go between. So I did like that, even though it's kind of frustrating on some level Mm -hmm. to not understand what they're saying, I also like that. We're just as confused about it as she yeah. is, and you kind of have to guess. But for me, the subtitles also really helped when I was watching it with subtitles because I'm not fluent in French by any means. I don't no. remember, I haven't taken French since grade nine, yeah, many, many years ago. I don't even remember. I guess that was 10 years ago. I feel old now, Oof. but yeah, so it's been about 10 years since I've taken any kind of French. But just reading the subtitles, I could understand enough to kind of see what they were saying. Mm-hmm. Some of the things were pretty insulting but I'm like hey <laughs> I understood that.
0: Yeah, it's funny cuz normally I I really hate when movies do that when they don't cuz sometimes even on like streaming services like Netflix or even Disney Plus like sometimes they'll just take subtitles completely away and won't put in their own. Like Netflix does this thing where they'll take subtitles off of the film or like even like you know how like at the end credits they do like a pro Epilogue of like written text of like what happened afterwards. Yes. Some there's been some movies where they've taken that out, and it's just right. really it's it's really strange. And then they put their own subtitles there, and it's really distracting. I just, it, but for and some movies they just don't put in this like John Wick for example. You know how all the subtitles are like really flashy and whatnot. I didn't know that till the third movie, because when I watched the John Wick trilogy. I had to watch the first two on Netflix and then the third one on Prime. And I noticed, holy crap, these subtitles are freaking amazing. And then I look up scenes from, like, the first one. And they're, I like, I don't understand why they do that sometimes. And, like, I've tried looking it up and there's, like, really no good explanation. But for Prey, I think it works because it puts you in the mindset of the main
1: character. Yes, agreed. Very much agreed on that. So what else do we have to talk about? I think this film was really well directed. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of beautiful shots in here showing off the, I I believe I read it was filmed in Alberta, which just looks gorgeous. I think you could watch this film with the sound off and get a lot of it because between the beautiful landscape shots, a lot of this story is just told through action. There's not a ton of dialogue to go around, which I liked. It's pretty, it's pretty stripped Mm -hmm. back, just focuses on the story. It's pretty. I don't want to say relatable is the wrong word, but you can understand it easily enough just watching it, which I think is the benchmark of a decent film. It's a very simple story, yeah. Yeah, film is a visual medium, so on some level you ought to be able to understand what you're watching just watching it. Yeah. Films like that especially tend to have a pretty good international appeal. That's why things like silent films 100 years ago did pretty well, and Mm sync Sound was kind of a barrier for international audiences because then all of a sudden you had to hire all these people to dub things over whereas before they'd just switch out the dialogue cards with huh. just written languages and keep the movie as as it was there was a lot less effort involved in those cuz no no dialogue so mm-hmm. so just the fact that you can understand while watching is it, it helps Kind of form this communal experience around the movie, I think.
0: Yeah, I really like the action for. I don't. I want to know what, like, the budget for this film was. Because I think the, it action, was low. the action for it was pretty good. It had to be comparatively low. Yeah. Ugh. Why doesn't it just give me an answer right off the bat? Anyway. But yeah, bait. I thought it was really. I thought the action was pretty good, except for one scene where it looked like it was a one take.
1: I thought the camera He's just was fighting a, the trappers.
0: Yeah, I thought it was like a little bit shaky, but that's just the personal opinion. And honestly, was a pretty decent. If it's a real one take, they did pretty well. But I, I, I don't. It, tru- that was okay. Yeah, I don't trust. I don't trust filmmakers anymore with true one takes anymore. <laughs> Ever since like recent films. That's true. But other than that. Yeah, I thought the action was really good. I thought the hunting scenes were pretty decent. Anytime the Predator was on screen, I got excited. Yes. Just to see, like... It's it's funny, because it's violent, but it's not gory, in a sense, whenever the Predator's on screen, you
1: know? Yeah. I think I'm just a little desensitized to it, but it's not too extreme. No. Comparatively. I mean, there is a part where I think it's a snake,
0: and he just rips, like, this... No, it's the a snake. Yeah, it rips the mouse or whatever, and then the predator kills the snake. Oh, no, the predator, like, rips, like, a spinal... The, his, the wolf's spine or whatever. Oh, no, which... it guts
1: him. Yeah, guts him or whatever, and... Yeah, the wolf jumps on him and the predator slashes its stomach open and all the guts spill out at a like extreme long shot. Yeah.
0: At that point, I was just kind of like, whoa, that's crazy. To see that, because I haven't watched a Predator movie. Uh, what else, what else? Yeah, I really, I really liked the main character a lot. I liked her motivations and all that and how she is... She's not just, like, skilled in the sense of, like, physicality. She's just smart. Because she's using from what her tribe wants to learn, which is, like, medicine and how to cook and all that. Like, she's using those advantages to help in the wild to hunt. Yeah. Which
1: probably makes her the best hunter. I thought she was just okay. I mean, I didn't... And that's one of my criticisms with the movie is I didn't really love any of the characters by any means. I enjoyed it. I got it. I was satisfied enough with it. But I, I didn't really connect with her. Mm-hmm. I kind of just Okay, this is this is good, but it's not hitting me on any emotional level, anything she was doing oh, no. or anything she wanted yeah. and Maybe that's, that's a very subjective thing, but that's just kind of how I felt watching it. I, just, I didn't really connect with her, but nothing bad about yeah. it.
0: No, I, I didn't feel that sort of connection either, but I just I, I wasn't bored watching her, which is a good exactly. thing. Exactly, yeah. That, and that's a good way to put it. There's two scenes which is funny in this film that might be my favorite that don't have the Predator in it, or okay. don't have the Predator fully in it and one you, you might criticize me on the first one is when she's in the mud pit and oh that was a great scene that was a great scene and she's like trying to it's kind of funny because i've recently watched like a youtube video of like survivor man judging like scenes like that and like what mm-hmm. to do so i was like okay is she gonna do what she's supposed to
1: that's what i was thinking too i'm like okay if it was me i'd probably try to like shoot one of her arrows into a yeah. log or something oh and then she went for the uh the machete or tomahawk tomahawk like, yeah oh, that's That's better. That's a a better idea. And I liked
0: how, like, the mud pit where she's completely covered in mud, it was, like, pretty much a callback to the original Predator.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Which was cool to see. I thought that's what that was, but I also haven't seen it, so I don't... know. And,
0: yeah. So that that was really cool. It was really intense. Not to the point where it was like, oh, she's gonna die. But, like, just to the point where it was like, if I was in this situation, I'd be freaking out.
1: And what was the second scene you thought was great? (laughs) It was the bear
0: scene. I, oh, that was awesome. I thought it was awesome. I've seen critiques on the CGI of all the animals, but you, the tell me, you tell me how to have good animal CGI with an $88 million budget.
1: War of the Planet of the Apes. Any of the new Planet of the Apes movies. They have a higher budget. Okay, I, I just, I don't... And Andy Serkis, anyway. <laughs> the reason I don't, I don't really care that much, just because the CGI was used pretty sparingly, to be mm-hmm. clear... I thought the CGI was bad, but it was also used sparingly enough. Yeah. Most of it was the choreography, the, the filmmaking, the choreography, the just combat, uh, stunt work. That was the focus of this movie, and I thought they did all that stuff well, so the occasional bad CG moment didn't make me want to complain about it to you for 20 minutes on this podcast. Like I sometimes do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's really, I give it some leeway with the animals, because it's really tough to make animals look real. And for the most part, I watch most of it on my phone, because I'll just, like, download movies on my phone, when and then I'll watch them on break at work. And for the most part, it looked decent. I mean, there's some parts where, like, yeah, it doesn't look great. It's really hard to do. But I think what they were focusing more on was the actual Predator itself. And there were some scenes...
1: The Predator looked great. And there
0: were some scenes where, like, is that fucking real or is that CG? Like, near the beginning of the film, I was like, this Predator's full CG. Oh, God, what is this movie going to be? And then there's some scenes where I can't tell if it's a guy in a suit or if it's CG or if it's a mixture of both.
1: I think it is a guy in a suit. Because part of me, when I was looking at it, it nearly looked like a muscle suit in prosthetics. The body was definite. I feel like the body was almost definitely a muscle suit. The face, yeah. I'm not so sure about.
0: I don't, yeah, I think the face was CG, like, a little bit.
1: Or maybe it could have been
0: one of those scenes where it's, like, it's practical, and then they add bits of CG on top.
1: The CG was probably when the mouth opened up. Yeah. But when it's just seeing the face. But they also, once again, it's also, they used it sparingly. The Predator's invisible for most of this movie. Yeah. Which I thought was a cool choice because it makes the monster a little bit scarier. You can't. You don't really know what you're dealing with here. I mean, here's the article,
0: um, Here's the article right here. Most of it is practical, some of it is CG. Cool. Which I assumed. I don't like the camo effect. I, di- I, I never. I, even in the original, and again, it's 1987 or 86 when that movie came out. But even now, I just think it looks. Strange. I don't think like a camo effect hasn't really looked good on film. You know, I it does its purpose, but for me, I was just like, yeah, I can tell that's highly CG.
1: Yeah, I can't think of a good one. I
0: I can't think of like counter that either. Good camo effect, really. But also like like it's not my. If I was told like, hey, you need to make this camouflage and like make it basically invisible. I would not know where to start. So the fact they were able to pull that off was pretty good.
1: So I thought, one, another criticism mm-hmm. of the movie, I thought the movie had a pretty slow start. Like I said, I was, I was interested,
0: mm-hmm. not
1: really connecting with anybody. That whole bit when her and I think her brother's name is Tabe go to fight the lion and, you know, that, that's interesting enough stuff. But for me, the movie didn't really get going till her and the dog went to go after the predator. And that's, that's when you get scenes like her and the dog fighting the bear. and Real dog. Real dog. And that dog was really good in the movie, actually. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed that. It was like, to say it gave a good performance might be a little weird, but I think the dog gave a pretty good performance. Even. So then after that, they, they fight the bear and then she meets up with her with her friends. I thought that was a really cool fight when she fights that one dude who refuses to yeah, yeah, to let her, her leave. To let her go. And I th- I thought that was a. I thought it was going to
0: take like a really dark turn with those two fighting, and I was like, please don't go this way. But j- yeah, it just, me too. it's literally I just him like it's literally just him just beating the shit out of her like fucking listen to me. <laughs> just one of the- but I thought it was going to take like a weird yeah. turn. And I was like, oh god, please don't yeah, do too. this. But it didn't, thank god. It just, it just was like, this guy's tired of her shit. It's just beating the, the, the crap out of her.
1: But also, no one listens to her. I might have felt bad about that if she wasn't fighting back, too. Oh, like, yeah. Okay, she, she can hold her she own. She, like, stands up for
0: herself, too, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you know, this, this hunter guy mm. beating up a young girl, okay, that's bad, but she's fighting back, too, so good for her. Yeah. I mean, it was still, what, three on one? So she was, she was going to lose either way. Oh, for sure. Power numbers. Yeah, yeah I that liked... Was a, that was a good
0: scene. I liked all the actors. I really liked the brother.
1: He's probably the he, best
0: one. Yeah, because he wasn't really, like, trying to make her not a hunter, but also was kind of, like, not really supporting it in a way. It, it was yeah. like, it was an interesting mix and I kind of like that dynamic there where it was like... It
1: kind of subverted my expectations too because usually in those scenes her brother who's really good at what he does would be the prick who's kind of holding her down. Yeah. And being like, no, you know, I've, I've got the hunting thing you just, I don't know, be a girl and do gathering and medicine and mm-hmm. whatever. But no, he was actually kind of supportive of it whenever all his friends said, oh, just let her go back to camp he said nah no nah, she's pretty good at tracking actually we could use her
0: yeah which that's good to see some actual like good characters
1: <laughs> yeah it's, a, really it's been a while her. since
0: we've like seen like movies like this in terms of like horror and thriller where like characters yeah. are actually good like well written instead of like no you're a girl you can't do that
1: yeah and of course, like I said, I already criticized that I think the characters could have been written better, but in terms of suspense and thrillers, this is better writing than most of them give. So Oh, for sure. It's definitely a step up in that regard. I want to know who the director is, because he shits on the French pretty hard. <laughs> uh, very much so. Which I Which... have say, I'm, I'm slightly offended because I am descended Are from Are you part French? French? Very much so. I, mm. My ancestors were one of the... First in who settled in Quebec from French. Interesting. Well, my
0: from personal experience, I am a boy who played hockey in Kingston, Ontario. So sometimes we would share on the French a little bit Mm -hmm. when they would come when they would come into town and try to beat us.
1: Yes, yes. I believe my direct ancestor was the first white child born in Canada, direct from from French settlers. Interesting. Well, he's American, so that didn't really help. I mean, I've also got some First Nations heritage as well. I don't remember which tribes. It's a Métis as well. Oh, he's born in Philly. I got a lot of background. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this is what
0: happened. Like, English and French settlers came came in and basically... This is, I think this is like the starting point of them taking over the land. Or maybe like in the middle. I don't, I don't know much about history around this time but
1: i feel like yeah i was surprised to see some french people there because i'm pretty sure they said this story is set on the great plains yeah and i know the english were out there hudson's bay company owned most of the land out that way in the plains mm-hmm. so i know there was a lot of english people who were out there but i don't i don't really know how could far have been, the, yeah. could have yeah i don't really french know how far no. those how far the french trappers got
0: yeah it's interesting
1: so that I don't really I'm not sure about.
0: Maybe he just doesn't like the French. Anyway. Possibly. <laughs> I liked how... This is why I think she's really smart. is because she uses... Spoiler alert. She uses one of the French tra- trappers as bait for the... The predator. Which is yes. what happened in reverse for, like, earlier in the movie. In that scene. Which, that scene confused the fuck out of me. Like, in that ash... The ash woods. Because, like, not in terms of the action uh, action or whatever, but, like, did the French burn down part of that forest first? Or is it just, like...
1: I've heard people critique that scene for that same reason, and I think what some people have said is, yes, they did burn it down, probably to get a clearer field of view in case the Predator did show up. They didn't want all that foliage around messing up their eyesights.
0: That's true, but also, like, how are they putting that out with 1715 tech, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, forest fires aren't that hard to cause. Yeah, but no, I, like how you put it out. That's what put I it want Out.
1: About. Well, in 1715, they didn't care so much about putting it out. That's true.
0: Maybe they were just like, fuck it. Exactly. You know, like... Oh, I forgot to mention, ma- the reason why I like this movie so much is because it reminded me of Far Cry Primal a lot, and I play that okay. game a lot a lot it's basically the same premise as all the other far cry games so you play as this uh I'm hesitant to say caveman cuz I don't know what's politically correct anymore but you play as this um neanderthal neanderthal like primitive human and it's the same thing you like you're saving your tribe from like the bad tribe or whatever and you're trying to take over stuff And it kind of reminded me of that a little bit in terms of the hunting stuff of, like, the bows and arrows, the sticks and all that. Yeah, so that's why I, it reminded me of that. And whenever a piece of media can remind me of another piece of media without it being, like, a
1: ripoff, that's an instant plus for me. I got, I got kind of Assassin's Creed 3 vibes. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Especially when she's whipping around the tomahawk. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I love that so much. She kind of had. Going through the forest, fighting the lion. I think Connor fought some lions in that game, too. He tried. <laughs> yeah. Kind of the... That was the first yeah.
0: time where I thought I was worried, because the CG on the lion, even though it was at night, I was like, uh-oh.
1: <laughs> I was like, oh, no. Yeah. But, like, what, can, what else can you do? Are you going to get a real mountain lion? No. The first one that got me was when the Predator ship comes in the sky, and it was yeah. just the ship. I'm like, oh, this looks like TV uh. CGI. Oh, boy, it's tough, though, because like it's
0: (sighs) I know we're gonna have this discussion in probably a different episode, but it's like how much more can you add on to make something look real? That doesn't really exist. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's such like a conundrum that VFX artists have and they just don't have time. It's really just like the reason why CG looks bad or why people can just call out CG. Is because we're so we're just given CG stuff all the time, so it's easier for people to just see something, and be like, "Oh, that's CG now," and we understand what it is.
1: Most CG is good enough and to be blended in that you don't even notice. Yeah, most of it. But then it's the big stuff that they didn't have time the to big detail like properly. An- exactly. It's like, like details. Animals. Doing backgrounds and stuff. A lot of those Simple. backgrounds are probably CGI, and you don't even notice because oh, in the there's background. a con. This when you put in hundreds- a giant bear. Yeah, there's
0: hundreds of compilations where it's, like, CGI effects that you didn't even know were CG. And there's one example, like, Wolf of Wall Street, where Mark Robbie is, like, walking down a deck, and you don't realize, like, she's supposed to be in Italy or whatever, but the entire background is actually a blue screen. Like, you just don't notice Mm -hmm. that. Exactly. But really what it comes down to is just time for these VFX artists. They want it to look as perfect as possible, but they're on a time crunch, which... Sucks, but, and they're, get, so that I give it a little bit of leeway. And stuff with, like, animals, they'll do a full breakdown of animal stuff. They'll show you, like, how they built it up from scratch, like, from the bones to the muscles to the fur, how it affects, yeah. and, and like, wetness and stuff. And I think it's just, it's, it depends on the artist, too. There's one show that I, I stopped watching, but... In season one of his Dark Materials, which is based on like the Golden Compass books, the polar bear in that show looks outstanding. It looks so real. You need hmm. to look up a clip. There it lo- it looks it looks fantastic, and they need to hire whoever did that all the time. But also, it's an HBO show, so just they're just throwing money everywhere. Not anymore. Not anymore. But they did back then, because they had Chicken Game of Thrones up, money. Man.
1: Canceling stuff. Uh, Warner Bros is uh, Warner Bros is a discussion for a different day. All the stuff that's going on with them lately. Oh yeah, oh, don't they? Ha-
0: they like have another ten years or whatever. They're doing a something. ten year plan or whatever, something like that. But yeah, something like that. That's my small defense for CGI animals in a way, because like, how do you make? Because <laughs> you can't get a real bear. Because Bru- the famous Bruce the bear actor, who I don't know if you know about, I think is either dead or no. just too old. There was like a really famous. If they needed a bear for, like, a live bear for a movie, they would call up Bruce. Like, his name Mm -hmm. is Bruce or whatever. And he was, like, he was raised as, like, a film bear. So there's a scene of him, like, chasing someone. I think he's chasing the guy from Signs of the Lambs.
1: Anthony Hopkins.
0: Anthony Hopkins during one scene. He's in Game of Thrones for a bit. And it's funny because like all the when he, you see him roar in the show, it, that's put in later, because if a bear is actually growling and roaring, then you're fucked. But like he's yes. trained to like, if to do the motions just to open his mouth in a way. But uh, that's my little take on Bruce the Bear, who is An amazing creature. Yes.: Correction, it's Bart the Bear. Bart the Bear. I want to get right. the name right.: Wait, it said he died in 2000. Then who was the bear in Fucking Game of Thrones? Maybe it was a different Bart, anyway. But yeah, Bart the Bear. Pretty cool guy.
1: Okay. So, what else? Uh, I did like that Naru, unlike, let's face it, a lot of female leads nowadays, who I think I think a lot of female leads are badly written, they're not really given character arcs, per se. Mm-hmm. They're kind of just presented as just kind of being awesome. I guess it's compensation for all the decades that women were just damsels in distress, but now they're kind of the opposite way. Now they're just awesome at everything yeah. without us actually seeing how they got to be that way, just because they are. I don't like how a lot of women are written nowadays. So I appreciate when I see it done well, and I think Nauru's pretty good because you do see her train, you see her fail, you see her get better... Mm-hmm. as she goes she's not necessarily the best but she's really good and what, what, what she I, does
0: what i realized is she never like regresses there's never a point in yeah. the movie where like she fails or whatever she's like i can't do this and then someone comes up to her and says like no you have the skill set to do this like she's never backs down from like what she wants to do which is really refreshing to see
1: even though everybody's always telling her, oh, maybe don't. I'm be starting honest. to
0: get really sick of seeing that movie trope where like the, a character will fail and be like, and then there's like 20 minutes of them like quitting or whatever, and then like another character just be like, "No, actually, you're like one of the best to do it." It's like, I am one of the best. Like I'm starting to really hate that trope.
1: It just kind of wastes time, doesn't it? It really, it really It's like when like
0: the French the friend group breaking up before the finale or whatever, it's like, "Oh mm. my God, seriously. The last time I think I saw that was like it, chapter one, and it was like just 2017. Can we not do this?
1: Yes. Although the the only thing I'll say about Naru's skill set is that I think she was a little too competent in that last fight. Going after we see the predator slaughter so many people, I just I didn't really buy Mm -hmm. that she could take him on in this last fight the way she did it. Like the traps were really. Really smart, really mm-hmm. well laid out. The way she could kind of bait him with her parkour skills—that's yeah. really cool. But it just—it just kind of broke. She's too written. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of was my suspension of disbelief. It just, mm-hmm. just the way it was done was a little bit okay. If you're having a little too easy a time doing this. I think, my.
0: My just to play devil's advocate, my I feel because maybe this predator is like one of the first to arrive on Earth, so maybe he was like a bit cocky and not really taking Naru seriously, like he did in the for the entire film. And also, you just can't have the
1: predator win at the end of the movie. That's not fun. I mean, it would be. They kind of do, but I. I'll get into that in a bit. They kind of did win, but I just want to cover this point for a little first. Yeah. yeah. So
0: I've seen some people criticize, like, at certain points where it's like, how can the predator not see her when she's literally, like, in her vision or whatever? The predator sees an in infrared, not just from yeah. the helmet, but, like, even when he takes it off, it's, like, completely red or whatever. His vision's fucked. That, that's one of the things that, like, slows him down a bit.
1: But other oh, so than that. Did, did she eat the, flowers yeah, she, in that she final the fight? flower? Yeah, she ate the flower, yeah. For yeah, that final they, fight, yeah. Okay, that helps it a little bit. Yeah. Now, yeah. That, now that you say that, that, that helps me. Okay, that makes it mm-hmm. a little bit better.
0: It was very strange to see like the predator like chop his own arm off and then just be like, well, "That sucks." He's got no pain receptors
1: whatsoever. Doesn't seem like it. He got st- maybe he it's adrenaline. A- I don't know. Predator adrenaline. He stepped into a bear trap earlier. He's been oh god, shot- hurt. I mean, she stepped. Okay, I believe when the predator stepped into the bear trap, when she stepped in the bear trap, I'm like, your leg's done, girl. Yeah, her legs should
0: have been just gone. I don't know how it wasn't. Maybe because she was wearing like boots and that all sorts thick. of leather, but like, no. I, I you don't step know. into that a bear part, trap, you're done. That part, she was like, ow. And it's not on her acting, but I think it was just the direction where it was like, we're not and she's not like affected by it really at all, except maybe a scratch.
1: Yeah, that, that little bit bugged me. But Also, who knows, how powerful are seventeen fifteen bear traps. <laughs> but i c I've, I've been kind of critiquing the last bit of the fight there, but I will say in I loved that last fight in many ways. How yeah. it all everything she learned came together at the end, everything with the with yes. the mud with the mud, the mask, the the tracers, the Uh, Her tomahawk skills, her parkour skills, just everything, probably a couple other things I'm forgetting, too. Just using the environment around her, the the spikes on the trees. Yeah. Using the shield against it, so he cut his own arm off. Just everything she saw in the movie. Mm -hmm. She's not just a hunter who... Like the guys at the very beginning said, yo, you just, you face your prey and say, this is, this is it, you're going no farther and just fight them sheep. Strategizes, watches her prey's movements, really thinks about what they're going to do, how they're going to do it, uses their own strengths against them. The predator becomes the prey. (gasps) Damn. Is that what the title of the movie was about? Not her, but the predator? Wow.
0: But yeah, I just nope, thought that was because he punched a grizzly bear out. You don't just do. That.
1: <laughs> it's a but grizzly I thought that was bear.
0: Really well done. The sound effect. I was the like just the little moment of the grizzly bear fucking up the predator for a little bit. I was like, yeah, that would probably happen. The but predator was just just like, comes and back, and then he just punches the shit out of him. Was like, I don't know what it. That was really satisfying. I don't know why. I don't know why seeing a bear getting clocked was satisfying. Because it's awesome. it was the sound. It was like clunk. I've never never seen anything like that before. That reminded me of, like, 80s, like, gold in in a way, just like... Yeah, we're gonna have a bear and an invisible man fight each other, and then the invisible man's gonna clock out the bear.
1: Okay. Well, I should have a bit of 80s... bit of 80s cheese to it. But that team wasn't really cheesy, to be clear. I, I thought it was really cool, but... It was cool. It was intense. I loved it. And then he takes a bath. Yes. So now I gotta double back to what I was saying before, how... A lot of people seem to have missed this, actually. The tribe almost assuredly all get slaughtered at the end. But you don't see it. Like Did you watch? Happened? Exactly. Did you watch the credits bit? That don't tell kinda... me there's
0: an end credit scene.
1: Well, you know like bits that kind of look like cave paintings over the credits? Right. Or, or oh, yeah, it...
0: yeah. Oh, I didn't really pay attention. What happened?
1: Exactly. The very <laughs> last shot of those paintings at the end of the story. Oh, right! You see some Predator ships coming from the sky over the tribe. Right, 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 yeah. Just in those paintings. And the other thing is, Predator fans, which I had to read up on this, they say that that gun with the 1715 on it, the Predators were in possession of that gun in Predator 2 all the way back in the late 80s or 90s or whenever, and they gave it to one of the human guys or something like that. So the Predators were in possession of that gun that Naru had at the end of the movie, and then you see those three ships coming out of the sky towards the tribe implication that tribe got slaughtered the predators came back killed them all that's crazy so. no sequel maybe maybe a sequel there's these be people. a
0: sequel to this with how like how well it's being received
1: i don't know if it would star these same people i could see a pretty cool scenario doing different historical predator movies Oh,
0: I was thinking, I at first was like, "What would it be cool if it was like during the American Civil War, or or like the... Revolutionary War? The Revolutionary War, but like, that's two Assassin's Creed 3 for me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think that would be cool, though, just a series of one-off movies set in different periods throughout history where Predators attack people throughout the world. The first one was... Because that's what made... Where was the first Predator set? The first one... Oh,
0: don't do this to me. The first one was set... Is it I South America? To... I think it was South it America. Looks like
1: a... So the first one's set in a South American jungle. This one's set in North American plains. Next one could be set. Who knows where and when, but I think there's a lot the of Alps. potential there. Sure. The Alps, a frozen environment. The movie of, was uh...
0: filmed in, ne- in Mexico near the popular beach resort, Puerto Vallarta. Okay. I butchered that. I think they do say it was in Mexico, too, during the film. From what I remember. All right, yeah. we
1: talked about Prey a lot, so unless you have any more oh, thoughts, yeah, I said, do you want to go on the bullet train?
0: Yeah, I did say I was going to talk about the original Predator. When I first watched it, there's actually not as, as much Predator as you think there is. It's, I think they're trying to do like the Jaws effect where you don't know what it is until it reveals itself, like in the third act. Mm-hmm. And part of me was kind of numb to that when it first revealed itself because I've just seen clips growing up and stuff. So it wasn't a crazy reveal, but I still, I have to go back on my own critique. Like that suit, the practical effects, my God, like masterwork and Arnold Schwarzenegger as like, as memed as he is, he does, he has a really good performance in this. Like he's not over the top. Like he's like being like kind of serious in a lot of scenes, like being the military guy. He actually has some pretty decent acting chops. So Personally, I think I would put Prey. Oh my god, the budget was 15 to $18 million for the original Predator. Well. That's how much a movie should be made for, anyway. It forces you to get a lot more creative. I do really like Prey because I think I'm just coming at it from a. And it just sounds blasphemous to say that's better than the original Predator. But I just think how it's shot differently and. I cannot say.
1: Yeah. I really liked Prey. I'll have to see the
0: Predator. I think Predator is a, is a classic, like '80s movie, but I just think this one's shot really well and evolves the story. I'm not saying the original Predator is bad, but I think this one evolves the story really well. Yeah, well, I'll have to see. Uh,
1: so it's on Disney Plus or Hulu yeah.
0: if you're in the states. I don't fucking know.
1: So do you want to do Bullet Train now? Sure. All right. So let's zoom back out to our medium shot and discuss Bullet Train. So, what were your expectations? going into bullet train or i mean why didn't you go why didn't you go see this one
0: to be honest i forgot It came out and it's it's one of those movies where i was like yeah that looks really good but i'm just gonna probably wait for it to stream like it wasn't it wasn't one that i was excited to go out and see by myself i'm kind of saving those tickets for like other stuff but i really i like I like the setting. I like Brad Pitt. I liked all the different actors. It, it looked, looked really good. I enjoyed the, the trailer for it. The fight scenes looked really well choreographed. I liked the "Staying Alive remix or cover in the first trailer. I thought that was really cool. And overall, just looked like a nice aesthetic of a movie, which I will see at some point, but I don't really see myself rushing to the theater right now to see it. Which sounds blasphemous from Brad Pitt fans, but... And I like that he's doing, like, an action-action movie, which I yes. don't know if he's done in a while. I'm sure he's done one, but I don't know if he's done, like, an action-action movie in a while. I can't think of one. Oh! Mr. and Mrs. Smith.
1: That was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. It's Isn't just act, 2000... it holds up. It's Isn't sad to think about. five or something.
0: Yeah, 2005, 2004. It's sad to think about because they're not together anymore and they've said yeah. some shit about each other, but it's
1: still a great movie. Yeah. All right. For me, the first trailer for Bullet Train compelled me. I thought, hmm, this looks like it'll be something different. I wasn't entirely sold, but they had my attention enough to check it out. I expected a good time, so well-choreographed action and a dose of humor for good measure. So, let's see if I can convince Ryan to watch this someday. Do my best anyway. So I thought this was a lot like Top Gun Maverick in many ways. It was very down to the simplicity of it. It's just, it's a bunch of assassins on a train. They, they have to survive the night while fighting each other. And they all go after this briefcase. Which, that, that's basically it. So, I
0: saw a funny theory that someone's like, it's the same briefcase from Pulp Fiction. And that's why everybody wants it.
1: That theory will be proven false, but
0: you do, you do see what's in the briefcase. I hope he never reveals what's in the briefcase, Quentin Tarantino. I think he's gone a record saying that. He's like, I will never tell, because I don't even know.
1: It's been 30 <laughs> years, so, I mean, he's doing okay so far, not saying anything. Yeah. He'll say it on his deathbed. No, he won't. He's he's that bitter. He's, no, he won't. In the case was Rosebud. <sighs> <Yeah. laughs> Rosebud. Okay, so I thought, uh. so like I said, Bullet Train's a lot like Top Gun Maverick this year for me because it was just, it was a very simple plot done really, really well. It had a lot of likable characters, tight plot, compelling story, kick-ass action, doesn't overstay its welcome. The writing in this movie actually surprised me in multiple ways, because I just kind of go into action movies not expecting them to be, I'll say, good. I'll say the action is usually okay, but the character work is usually a letdown. The plots aren't usually very tight or original. Bullet Train actually impressed me quite a lot. Because first thing i really liked was that it was all set in one place it was all set on the train which really gave me some classic literature vibes it really got gave me the uh it's like agatha christie's murder on the orient express with a bunch of assassins Mm, interesting which i thought was awesome so i thought the there was a lot of exposition in the movie to kind of set up who these characters are, which I thought the exposition was blended pretty well. But even though all the movies set on the train, there are a lot of flashback sequences to establish these different characters and who they are. And sometimes they even get a little jokey with it, like there's an entire flashback sequence for the story of a water bottle, (laughs) which is i thought the same thing i'm like oh we we're doing we're doing this now time, but it's time out funny. it's you, funny what are you talking fun. about <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> uh, without spoiling things there's a water bottle that shows is up he sentient mul- no <laughs> okay at multiple points there's this water bottle that shows up throughout the movie and then at one point there's just Somewhere in the third act, when, when crap's hitting the fan, oh. the water bottle shows back up again, and then they do this whole flashback sequence on the backstory of the water bottle to show how it got to this point when crap's hitting the fan. And it's, just, it's a hilarious cutaway gag. Because hmm. they've, cool. done, they've done flashbacks for every other character at this point. The water bottle is one of the few things that shows up again and again in the movie. It was a little, okay, I, in my original review on my website, I said that, that bit was kind of gratuitous for the flashbacks, but it's still funny. So, but there's a lot of great foreshadowing in this movie. There's a lot of great setup and payoff for, can't get into a lot of things, but plot specific things for you. But the, the setup and payoff were just really well done. I thought it was twisty and unpredictable. Yet satisfying at the same time because a lot of times twists and whatnot they're there, but I don't like them. Like, okay, that was a twist. You, I said this before about something like The Last Jedi, you did the unexpected, doesn't mean I liked it, (laughs) (laughs) but this is I I liked it, I liked what Mm -hmm. they did with it. That's how I feel about Last of Us Part 2 so far. Yes, yes. So, you actually have to pay attention in this movie, is the thing, because there's a lot of interconnected stories with these, all these assassins. A lot of them have backstories together or reasons they're on this train that you don't really find out until way later that we're connected to other things. So, even I, I was paying attention and even I kind of lost track about why everything was happening at a point, but it all does come together. There's some, let's see. So, let's talk about some of the characters now. One of the things I thought was most interesting about the characters is that the trailers made it seem like Brad Pitt's movie, right? Brad Pitt's the lead assassin. He's the guy we're going to be following for most of the movie. And he'll be our eyes and ears. That's kind of true. But also, I was shocked how much I was I found myself rooting for everybody even though they were all working against each other. I'm That's like cool. Yeah, even though they were all working against each other, I thought, "Oh, well Brad Pitt's getting the lead. I don't want him to get the lead over over these guys now. I like these guys. I want to see them succeed." And then when they <laughs> started beating Brad Pitt, I'm like, "Oh, I want Brad Pitt to succeed. Why are you why are you beating up on Brad Pitt?" So I actually kind of liked everybody enough that even though they were fighting each other, I still was rooting for everybody on that train, which I thought was awesome. The moment that I started seeing the tide turn was, so we're introduced to Brad Pitt's character pretty early, and he's a really interesting character. They call him Ladybug, ironically, because he's an assassin who has notoriously bad luck, and ladybugs have bring good luck, so his handler calls him Ladybug. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and he's, he wants to get out of the assassin business, well, sort of I mean, he's he's kind of going as a pacifist now. He doesn't use he doesn't use guns. He sees a therapist. Is always spouting these self-help things trying to go through his mission peacefully, avoid conflicts. He's just this really sage dude who happens to be an assassin going for this briefcase. But so he's he's a pretty interesting character that way. So after he's introduced, we get on the train, and then we meet these two guys named Lemon and Tangerine, played by Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Tyree Henry. And then the banter these two have, they're, they're supposed to be, everyone calls them the twins, which is just funny, because they look nothing alike, and you wouldn't think these guys were twins, but they do have a backstory. Oh, this guy. Oh, he's from Eternals. Yeah, that guy. One of the good moments in Eternals. Naren Taylor-Johnson was Quicksilver in Marvel, I think. Yes. Yeah. Ralph so... Boner. <laughs> Not that one. I'm kidding. <laughs> so when you first meet these guys, they just kind of have this banter, and they're, they're on that train to escort this, this mob boss's just idiot son. <laughs> they were hired to escort the mob boss's idiot son and some money. To the last stop on one of the last stops on the train. But then the son ends up murdered. Brad Pitt steals the briefcase and they're like, shit, (laughs) we are. And then the mob is waiting for them at the last stop. So they're like, oh, God, son of a bitch. (laughs) Do they do like a weekend at Bernie's
0: with like the son?
1: They're like, hey, I'm
0: here. They
1: try. They actually do try.
0: (laughs) That's cool. That's funny.
1: There is one scene that, yeah. So that kind of made me start rooting for them because they get me invested in their story, what they're actually doing. And then you see Brad Pitt come in and steal the briefcase from the back room. And, you know, at first we're just rooting for Brad Pitt. But now that I get to know these guys, I'm like, oh, man, now I worry for them what's going to happen. I kind of want to see them get the case back now because they're so screwed without it. <laughs> and then there's this father. They call it, they call him the father. His son got pushed off a roof at just before the start of the movie and he's dying in the hospital and the father who i think is also an assassin he finds out that he tracks down the person who did it and they're on this train too and the person it's a popular who, train yeah and the person who did it also has is um she's trying to get one over on the mob boss who's working who hired lemon and tangerine so they're kind of working together against lemon and tangerine and then there's this guy named the wolf who this other mob i think yeah it was the same mob boss he he had this thing that he's trying to get revenge on other people too and get the briefcase and then he runs into brad pitt and just everybody's on this train and kind of has a connection to this mob boss in some way or other and then there's you know nobody knows who actually killed the mob boss's son so that's another thing everybody's trying to figure out there's a, there's a really venomous snake from a zoo that got that went missing and nobody knows where the snake went it's in the case isn't it it's in one of them oh it's there's <laughs> <laughs> a decoy case what the twist yeah so there's a there's a snake around yeah so there's a venomous snake around and you never know who it's going to bite and the mob is waiting at a bunch of stations, so every time they try to get off the train, they don't get off the train, and Ladybug's bad luck keeps springing up at every opportunity. Every time he's nearly about to get things going okay, something terrible happens to him. And there's this great running gag about Thomas the Tank Engine. Okay. (laughs) I haven't thought about that show in years, but there's just... I'd never heard it mentioned so many times. They just keep mentioning Thomas in, like, every other scene. Interesting. Because the one guy, Lemon, Thomas the Tank Engine's his favorite, Brian Tyree Henry, Thomas the Tank Engine's his favorite show. So, and he says that Thomas taught him how to read people, because he said all the trains are representative of personality types. And so he carries around this Thomas the Tank Engine sticker book. And when he thinks he, somebody's like one of the trains, he puts, he kind of labels them. Oh, I see. And he always says, diesels are the worst. So he's spending the entire movie going around this train, trying to find the diesel amongst them. Out of all these assassins, who's the diesel? (laughs) That's really funny. Who's screwing everybody over? So the action is really well choreographed. It's I think the director. John Wick. Yeah, the director directed the first John Wick, not the second mm-hmm. or third. Who, but I, think he,
0: I just I just did some research was a second unit director on Captain America: Civil
1: War. Well, and he also was the director of Deadpool 2. Pretty good, pretty good action.
0: Yeah, kind so, of a train, kind of a train in Deadpool 2. It's not really a train; it's a convoy, a bus. But I, I you could see, you probably saw that scene like we need him. Yes, and Brad Pitt.
1: Brad Pitt was in Deadpool too if you
0: were Oh, there. that's right for like if yeah, for a few seconds. Oh, there's yeah. a funny interview when he was doing once upon a time on Hollywood and someone brought up that he was in an MCU movie and he's doing the interview with Leo and um Margot Robbie and Brad Pitt's trying to explain to Leo like what the MCU was like he needed me just for this one bit. I was, was like I was just an invisible guy whatever and Leo just goes, "I'm completely lost. I don't what did you just say?" Like he doesn't understand like that uh, side of film or okay. cinema but he, he wasn't doing it in a condescending way he was just actually just confused it was really funny
1: that's really funny so I was, yeah the choreography is great the action is incredible the third act kind of like Prey the CGI gets a little bit wonky there wasn't really a lot of CGI before kind of like Prey it's just a very simple story choreography and stunt acting driven but then the end Kind of like Brave, years into CG territory, which I didn't think was really up to par, but it's, it's used a lot more than I would have wanted towards the end, but I also get why it was used a lot at the end once you get there. But if you can overlook that, most of the movie is really just kind of this cat and mouse game on who gets the briefcase, all these assassins, they have to survive the night. There's a lot of unexpected twists, getting to know all these people, rooting for everybody. Figuring out what's really going on. Does any of them get on top of the train? Like in Wolverine? Maybe. Can't spoil nothing. So that's a yes. <laughs> I, said, I said maybe.
0: I'm I think he gonna. was a second unit director on that as well.
1: I'm not, I'm not going to hide it. Yeah, somebody, list. No, I won't hide that one. Somebody does get <laughs> on the train top. Is the water the- bottle? Maybe. <laughs> so That'd be funny.
0: Just like, Shit.
1: I thought the movie, for some critique, the movie was a little weirdly paced. It was a little over two hours, but it felt longer to me. Oh, wow. But I was also invested the entire time about what was happening. I was always entertained, so it, it felt long, but I think that's just because they packed a lot in there. There was a lot of information to remember and figure things out, so I don't want to hold it against the movie too much. It wasn't a deal breaker for me but it is something to keep in mind. And like I said, the CGI wasn't great either. I also thought it was pretty incredible how they managed to make this train feel so fresh for two hours when the entire movie is just set in one place. The cinematography was also incredible. The different colors they used. Every single train car had its own personality. So there were, there were a couple. That's they. Cool. Yeah, there were a kinda couple Kind of like Snowpiercer in a way. Yeah. There were a couple cars they went back to a couple of times, but I always knew which car was which. Because of just That's the great. coloring and the coloring and the vibes and everything. Oh yeah, and there's some great cameos too. Just things you'd never expect to see pop up in this movie. Ryan I'm like, Reynolds. Oh, this is hilarious. I can't say who's who's in what. That was Damn. spoiled. They're great cameos. They're great cameos, though, so... Oh, Orson Welles. (laughs) Yes, they had to bring him back from the dead for this film, Grand Moff Tarkin style. (laughs) Oh, God. It's a great cast, too. Everyone is incredible in it. Like I said, I I rooted for everybody. The only one I didn't love was the The character name. The water bottle was great, though. (laughs) The character prince played by joey king mm-hmm. my main problem with her wasn't her performance by any means she was doing exactly just a, what
0: just her character
1: her character was just kind of so she's kind of this teenage kid with a chip on her shoulder but she's really intelligent as well and she, she's the one she's got this vendetta against the mobster but she's kind of She's pretty smug and arrogant and not all that likable as a character. But you don't, I kind of sympathize with her way later in the movie when I found out what her backstory actually was and why she was on this train. But that doesn't come till the third act, nearly. So for two-thirds of this movie, I'm like, ugh, this arrogant kid (laughs) who's kind of outsmarting everybody in many ways. But it does all come together in the end. It's just I had to be a lot more patient with that character in particular. And I really believe that this is going to be a cult classic action film. Oh, for sure. It looks like it. Oh, yeah. Bullet Train. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Because it's
0: kind of thrown in. It's a strange release date where it's not like a like a blockbuster summer movie or maybe it was intended for that but it's like thrown like almost near the end of summer where yes. most people wouldn't really be going to the movies I feel but that's yes. just my opinion
1: I think it's doing okay but critics are slamming it I think they're wrong on this one I think it's a must see it's one of my it's going to make my top 10 this year unless something knocks it out We'll do a top 10 list at the end of the year.
0: I don't even know if I've seen 10 movies yet.
1: <laughs> You've probably seen some on streaming. Maybe. Streaming counts to count too. Out. I just don't watch them as much.
0: Yeah. I would just Cut have great. to look it up.
1: Yeah. So even if they're all Marvel, half your list can be Marvel. Most of them
0: are. <laughs> but I'm not going to put it. So far, I'm not putting Marvel on top 10. I feel like Black Panther or uh, Con Forever is going to be very good.
1: I, I'm I'm nervous for it, but I'm not really. I'm nervous, but it's Ryan Coogler back, and he's the only
0: returning director who doesn't have a giant ego. Unlike how I feel, Taika Waititi kind of does a little bit now, but other than that,
1: I think yeah, the success has kind of gone to Waititi's head a little bit. He's still good, but he's still he's... good. He's
0: still uh, an amazing director. I mean, Jojo Rabbit is one of my favorite movies that to come out in the last few
1: years. Yeah, well, this isn't a Marvel discussion anyway. It's about it Bullet somehow Train. always becomes. Yes. That or Star Wars. Always mm-hmm. one of the two. So I gave my best pitch. Do you think you're gonna see Bullet Train eventually?
0: Oh yeah, like I like I said before, it's one of these movies that's on my list, but I'm not just rushing to see like go into the, the theater. But um I just like recently watched some clips just to see what the action looks like, and yeah, it looks well choreographed. I really enjoy the cast.
1: I should, also, I should also mention that the, the movie's a lot funnier than expected. Don't get me wrong, there's a lot of drama and decent mm-hmm. in really good doses. It's a very dramatic movie, but it's also really funny. That's good.
0: Yeah, there's I really a lot like of the jokes cast. That really land. Yeah. I like Brad Pitt. I like Aaron Taylor Johnson, of course. Joey King has this representation of like. Just being an okay actress, but I think she's actually really good. I think it, that just comes from like the kissing booth movies. Right. But she was in, I think it was White House Down. Even though it's the, that's kind of like a cheesy movie, she does pretty well in it. Oh my God, she's 23 now. Wow, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, she was in The Dark Knight Rises. She was young Tali Al Ghul in the in the pit. You barely notice. Mm-hmm. You be, like you would have to rewatch to be like, oh yeah, that's her.
1: Well.
0: Oh, yeah, she was great. Yeah, she'll like, you'll see like old, like mid 2000s
1: movie, and you'll see like a young Joey King. And you're like, wow, that's her. Yeah, once again, to clarify, she was good in the movie. I just thought her character was, her character just sort of was a mixed bag for me until closer to the end when I got what they were going for with her. Hmm. Okay, so let's wrap her up here and plug our socials. Hold on, hold on, hold on.
0: Sorry, I'm just reading this. But on the kissing booth, she was also an executive director. She would have been 20. Well, wow. What the f- I mean, executive producer. What the- how- what? Good Is that legal?
1: Her.
0: Good for her, though. Anyway. But yeah, Bullet Train looks like a lot of fun. It's definitely one of those where it- th- those are- the- It looks like the type of movie where it's literally just a popcorn movie. Where you can just, like, chow down on popcorn and enjoy it the whole time. It's one. Of like those I, said, movies, it's, I don't think it, it looks like it's one of those movies that's meant to take itself seriously. And those are the type you know, of movies sometimes that you just have to watch just to have a good time.
1: It Doesn't take itself seriously, but once again, there is a lot to it, so it's not just to turn your brain off and chomp down on popcorn all, kind of movie. Yeah. You do have to, you do use your mind at least a little watching it. But uh, yeah, I, I agree. It's it's one of my favorite movies of the year. I do highly recommend Bullet Train let's uh let's plug our social and pray was
0: how long was brad pitt wearing the bucket hat for though
1: whole thing fuck i don't okay. like bucket hats wait, wait not all of- <laughs> no actually not all of it i think he gets rid of it by the third act oh uh, wait no no he, he gets rid of it oh he yeah, gets no, a new re- one <laughs> no i remember the scene he gets rid of it it's a great scene how he why okay. he okay let's plug our socials
0: well you can find me on instagram and tiktok at ryan walker official
1: you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at ThoughtPlane Media and our Facebook page of the same name. Find further film discussion and entertainment reviews on thoughtplane.ca forward slash articles. And if you'd be so kind, you can support ThoughtPlay Media on Patreon, linked below. Also, be sure to leave us comments and reviews, as that's a big help. And how about clicking that like button if you enjoyed this? We hope to see you on the next close up with Ryan and Joe. Till next time. Get to the chopper.
0: Now you have to recall it. Soup. There you go.